1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Executive Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, the 50th anniversary celebration on Young and the Restless has been a pretty explosive few weeks of story that is showing no signs of slowing down. After a riveting and, frankly, daytime Emmy-worthy performance by Michelle Stafford as Phyllis, her alter ego laid into Diane, and Phyllis is now presumed dead and in the clutches of Jeremy Stark, while Genoa City mourns her. So it's been great drama and performances all around and certainly lived up to the hype of all the half-century milestone hoopla leading up to it. Um, Now, similarly, GH is marking its 60th in fine fashion with the return of the Nurse's Ball. We saw the red carpet arrivals hosted by Grey's Anatomy's Chandra Wilson, who played fashion editor Sydney, and some super glam dresses. Big shout out to Sean Reeves and his fabulous wardrobe team that really set the stage for a high-octane evening. So, as usual, we saw some fun performances, but my favorite part of this storyline has to be seeing Lynn Herring, who was our guest today, throw it back to Lucy's origin story by dressing up as a librarian as she did when we first met her in 1986. It was just such a brilliant touch.
0: I agree. I also loved that nod to her history and it fits so beautifully into the story because if you know Lucy's origin story, you got the joke. And if you didn't, it was still entertaining to watch her, you know, de-glammed, sneaking into the Metro Court and literally putting her life on the line, not to mention Anna and Valentines, because she did not have the self-control to let Maxie and Bobby pull off the ball without her micromanaging. I mean, it's just very on brand. In terms of the ball itself, I thought it was really lovely that they built in a little mini tribute to uh, the late Sonia Eddy and Epiphany. Uh, Sonia's great vocal talent has obviously been such a big part of the balls in its modern era, 2013 to the present, if you will. And uh, I always really enjoy watching the reactions from the audience during the musical numbers and this year i have to give a shout out to brooke kerr who gets the audience participation award for me portia was boogieing down in her seat and loving every minute of what she was seeing on stage and i was very charmed by her and gh really continues to do right by spencer and trina who had some darling moments together and finally officially agreed that they are together They are now in their couple era, as I saw some Sprina fans exulting on Twitter, and it's been a very long time coming, but I think worth the wait.
1: Oh, I definitely agree. And, you know, I feel this is one of the most old school builds we've seen in a long time. You know, Mm -hmm. oftentimes now romances are, you know, shall we say, more rushed than in the past. You know, I remember waiting and waiting, but in the best way possible for a duo's first kiss. And I feel like this is one of the most current examples we have of that kind of feeling. You know, they are adorable. And Tabiana Ali really just picked up the chemistry, the couple created by her predecessor, Sydney Michaela, without missing a beat. And um, I just love to see that and to see what's going to happen with them. Yeah. Um, you know, another duo having a super slow build, but maybe not in the same great way as Sprena is Bold and Beautiful's Katie and Carter. I mean, the show is taking a very long time with this one, which I'm sure has to do with the fact that, you know, it's about 18 minutes of content a day. And the focus has really been on Chilla's downfall. But count me as someone who wants to see more with this couple. You know, I think they're both great performers, but character-wise have been written as like losers in love. And I just want to see them succeed And I think it's a fun idea to pair them, but we definitely need to see more to get more invested. Uh, But we have an interview with their portrayers, Lawrence St. Victor and Heather Tom in the new issue,
0: and it is worth a read. It's a very cute feature, and I enjoyed hearing their take on the carter Katie matchup. Uh, also now on newsstands is the special full-size collector's edition that we produced at Sub Opera Digest to honor GH's 60th. I am so excited that it's finally available for fans to enjoy. And I am so thankful, as I know you are as well, to all of the legendary stars of GH past and present who were so generous with us with their time. We have brand new and exclusive interviews in this issue with actors who don't do a ton of press, like Anthony Geary, who played Luke, and Kelly Monaco, who plays Sam. And we got to speak to so many fan faves. It was like one walk down memory lane after the other. But I want to give a shout out to an unsung hero whose hard work and dedication to preserving GH's history made such a difference in how we were able to execute this project. And that is... Michelle Mustachio in the photo department at ABC. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of photos throughout the decades of General Hospital that existed only as negatives that had never been digitized. And on the momentous occasion of this milestone moment for the show, she spent months getting these images digitized so that they could be properly archived and so that people like us could access photos that we've never seen before, much less been able to print. There are so many pictures that I saw for the first time, things I never even knew that there had been a photographer on set for, and we're just so grateful for how hard she worked and how much she cared. I already warned her that I'm probably going to marry her, but I definitely wanted to thank her publicly as well.
1: As do I. She was completely incredible, as was everyone at General Hospital and at Young and the Restless as well for their 50th anniversary special, which is also still on sale. Um, But I am just so happy with both finished products. I hope everyone loves these issues as much as we do. And one person I had the pleasure of speaking to for the GH special, as I said, is our guest today. It's Lynn Herring. GH is Lucy. So let's get her on the line and see how it's all going.
2: Hi, Lynn. Hi, guys. How are you? (laughs) We're great. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited. I love talking with you, so this is a treat for me.
1: It is definitely a treat for us, especially because the last time we had you on the podcast, it was also the week of the nurses' ball, but it was way back in 2018. So suffice it to say, a lot has changed since then, both in the real world and in the world of Port Charles, and we are due for a (laughs) catch-up. (gasps) Now, we were just talking about how the new GH Collector's edition of Soap Opera Digest is hitting newsstands, in which you, of course, are prominently featured. Thank you for chatting with me. Now, one of the things I'd never known before in doing interviews for a GH special is that Maura West, who plays Ava, was a huge Lucy Coe fan before she was ever on a soap opera. Is that something
2: you knew? No, because I was a huge fan of hers because uh, when I was on a soap opera, but when I got that brief little run on her soap opera... My problem was she was having a child and was on maternity leave and I got there the week she took maternity leave and I spent the whole summer, had a ball there, loved taking the subway out that way. And then she came back the week I left. So my dream had been, wouldn't that have been great to have scenes with her there? And I did not get the chance. So now we do. So it's wonderful.
0: Well, she told me that she should have known she was destined to play a bad girl because you were her favorite.
2: Oh, that's so nice. No, you know what? That—that's the beauty of our show right now. Is I have such a mutual, um, actually, crush on several of the characters and she's my big crush.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into like the massive drama that has been going on for Lucy these past few months, let's talk a little bit about like your own entree into performing. Like when you look back on little Lynn Herring, where do you think your creativity and your interest in performing was
2: sparked? I have no idea. And and Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be funny because truthfully, you know, um, As an Air Force brat and moving around a lot, you go from being very shy and um, worried about your presentation at each new school you go to, because I went to 13 different schools. And so your imagination, you spend a lot of alone time. So obviously some germination happened with my imagination. And then I also think my grandmother loved um, that girl, the Marlo Thomas show and Mary Tyler Moore, all these older shows. And so we would have lunch together and watch these shows. So I think part of I saw strong women being funny and strong women that um, just were so interesting to watch. So I think from being um, alone with your own thoughts too much, perhaps, and then watching some of these television shows. And then, like I've mentioned before, my aunt um, would serve us lunch when my dad was in Vietnam and when lots of reasons we had to live around them. And she would put us in front of Young and Restless, you know, and we, some, we were five, six, seven, you know, I thought, whoa, but we would have TV trays, my two sisters and I would, you know, be elbowing each other and watch the soap. And I thought, that's a nice way to make a living. But in our family, that wasn't, you know, you did the college and you got, um, so I have, you know, the degrees and such. But that little spark of wouldn't it be fun to play pretend was always there, I think. So I'm so happy that I got to do it without even knowing I was going to do it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Well, your husband, Wayne Northrup, was the first in the family to land on a soap and he became a massive star as Roman on Days of Our Lives. So now he actually made his debut the same year the two of you married. And he, of course, was in a hugely popular pairing with Deidre Hall's Marlena. So what are your memories of how life changed or maybe friends you made as a result of Wayne's affiliation? with days
2: well i um he had been kicking around uh boy a long time in los angeles he'd done lots of theater and that was his forte and then he landed dynasty and um that was really big because i went on location with him and linda evans and joan Col- I mean, come on you know here's this i was just in awe and i would just sit on the set and watch and be quiet so no one would tell me i had to leave and so that started that nighttime soap. i think propelled us into thinking this is an amazing And then Pat Falconsmith's daughter had noticed him on Dynasty. And when they didn't need the chauffeur anymore, she called and I said, you've got to do this because, you know, and he goes, I I don't know. The first day he was there, he fell in love with the people. And Marlena Evans, I mean, they have, I think, such a special relationship um, because, you know, that's what I, I love talking to people about the couplings on shows because they have an energy and a spark. And of course, being married and and she had a relationship, but I still believe there's magic and I don't care if you're married, you can still feel that wonderful attraction and the camaraderie of the work. And for that moment, you are in love with those people. And he was really genuinely, I I thought it was beautiful to watch because the work was so good, but there was such a teamwork involved with them. And I wanted to, I wanted to do that too.
0: When we had you on the podcast before, we did ask you to tell the story, but because the show So creatively called back to Lucy's origins uh, as the secret sex pot lurking beneath the exterior of a dowdy librarian. We want to hear you tell the story again of how you came to be cast as Lucy Coe. But let's start with like what other soaps had you auditioned for before you landed where you were clearly meant to be, which is on General Hospital.
2: Well, Young and Restless called because um, Brenda Dixon, who played Jill, was going to um, be replaced. And she wasn't signing her contract. And I thought, oh, gosh, darn, that's too bad. I watched that as a kid. I want, so I got to test for that also. And I got very close. And then, of course, she decided to continue. And I was so excited because by that time, I was hooked into daytime watching what Wayne had gotten to do. And um, then they called. Uh, actually, I forgot. This is very funny. I forgot I had also read for Felicia way back. And um, same thing. Um Marvin Page was the casting director, bless his heart, and he said, you know, we pretty much have found somebody. Okay, and then finally the Lucy part came up with no name, just a girl, six-week run maybe, um, and you literally, I got the script and went, what? Because you had to, end the scene, transform from no makeup, nothing, as dowdy as you can look into a sex pot. And I read it and I thought, oh, boy. But then, you know how something tickles your fancy? And I thought, there's no way I'm not going to do this the right way. So I came up with this whole ploy for the um, audition with a sash I could undo and, you know, bra strap I could drop down, and red lips. And I practiced with my hair, knotting it up and then whipping it out. And, just <laughs> it. and I think Wayne thought I was completely out of my mind because I hadn't really told him what this was about. I don't even think I had him read with me because I, I thought, no, I got to do it you know, this, this way. And um, I did it. They called me back and then they tested and they tested me with one other girl. And um, I thought, you know what? This is mine only because I put so many steps in of the reveal that I think they just sat there. And what did she just do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And when they called, I was over, I mean, that was I was running around the house jumping up and down because I thought this I know how to play. And this is what I want to do is daytime. I want to do G.H. So it was a miracle.
1: Well, I feel like anyone who watched the show back then, including myself, vividly remembers that transformation then on camera. Um, but Lucy was not originally slated to be a long term character. So what did it mean to you when you were asked to ink a contract that would keep you
2: in Port Charles? Oh, it meant everything. By that time, you know, I was addicted to how great the actors were on the show, um, how much they put into it. I'd never seen more passionate crew. And I thought, if I don't get to stay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I would have worked for free. And that's not even people say that. But I was so enraptured with these people. And they called after six weeks and said, "Okay, we're going to extend it for six months. And I thought, this is it. I'm in. And then nothing happened. And then about two months later, they said, okay, we're going to double your pay and give you a year's contract. I went, that that was another run around the house. I just, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what you you hope for things sometimes, and you don't realize they could come true. So you don't want to hope too much. And that one came through.
0: That's incredible. So how much of Lucy's humor, which has become so signature to her over the years, do you feel like was inherent in the script? And how much... Do you think it was the way that you approached it or you brought to it and let the record reflect? You were the first person to say, ta, that was not
2: in the script. (laughs) No, you know, I I was thinking about this is an interesting question to me because um, this 60th anniversary has been amazing. And so many people are sending all of us tapes of the past of things that meant something to them. And I'm sure you when you talk to people, they don't remember every single scene after all these years. But the taste of them and the feeling I've been studying and I realized her germination um, was so confused because she was definitely evil in a lot of ways because she was so into self-preservation. And, and what's hard now for me is the comedy Started uh, a lot with Ken Schreiner and with um, Stuart Damon because when we had to play some of these scenes, there was no way it wasn't going to be that 40s kind of quick banter and some of the slapstick and the bits that Ken loves to do. And the audience started gravitating toward it. But what I've realized lately is I really have uh, I have to say that um, I like both. And And right now she has gone completely down. They write me very funny things. Um, But then they, for example, threw in the speech about why she loves the nurses ball because she gets to be a real person. And I need more of that because I think what happens is when you're always funny, the expectation is there. The humor won't be as strong. Um, You want to surprise people. And I've always felt like the audience is your team, you know, with you. And if you're not giving them what they want. um, And I I just feel like the pendulum is swung where we need to bring some of the comedy So they see why, because it is her defense mechanism. She just wants to make people like her. And I think till she dies, Lucy will want to be accepted. And it's just a total survival effort. So if it makes people laugh, if she gets so whacked out, it's mostly just to survive.
1: Well, kind of on that same note, I mean, you came onto the show at the height of the Frisco-Felicia pairing. The Duke and Anna pairing was getting underway. So G.H. was still sort of in its super couple era. Now, Lucy was definitely more the type of character to cause trouble for a happy couple than to be in one herself. But did you ever feel like, hey, I'd like to be in that kind of pairing and get the big dream wedding and all that stuff?
2: (laughs) Of course. You know, because I saw that as also validation of your character, you know, when they actually had a mature relationship. And um, the Allen, uh, that the Quartermain was such a great indication of her dreams of being rich and being somebody. But it's still based in being accepted. So I bought into that, you know, the couple and um, all the the couplings with Brad Mall, Tony. That was basically in her bad days. Still with that desire to be loved, you know. You could always that's what you have to find for bad guys. Um, and then when Ken and I started playing around some. I think there was a mutual acceptance. They're con artists, but they have hearts of gold. You know, it became, and we started playing off each other and they started writing to it. Um, and that helped a lot. And then truthfully, when Michelle Valjean started writing um, Doc and Lucy with John Lindstrom, that gave Lucy so much weight. And, and, and she finally found someone that saw what she needed and why she was so wacky and needy about acceptance. And that was really fun to be part of that kind of serious, grounded coupling. Mm-hmm. And you
0: almost think, and certainly who Lucy was at that time, you needed a psychiatrist to handle her.
2: <laughs> so appropriate that he was a psychiatrist. It was so appropriate. It was, you know, <laughs> that's the thing about um, super couples too. Is I love that they were so different because a lot of times, like Frisco and Felicia, beautiful, you know. Um, People pretty similar in humors and and, um, sensibilities, but they were so incongruent. You know, Scotty and Lucy were definitely similar, but they were so incongruent. And it was just a beautiful relationship written so well.
0: Absolutely. So from 1997 to
2: 2003, you, of course, were part of the
0: cast of Poor Charles, the GH spinoff. What do you remember about like finding out that this spinoff was in the works and that it in its conception was going to center around your character and the Lucy, Kevin, Scott triangle?
2: Well, actually in the same house, <laughs> I got a call from a friend who ha- was just behind the scenes and said, listen, they're going to spin off General Hospital. And I didn't believe it for one. I, I thought April fools. There's no way. Why would we do this? Everything's so successful. I just it wasn't I I couldn't believe it. And then Wendy Rich called me and said, guess what? It's true. And um, I was petrified. I really I was so happy um, on General Hospital and with the triangle, you know, with John and Kent, I'd never dreamed that that would be something to think about. And when they said, "No, we're shooting the pilot soon, I it really was one of those. This is out of my reality. I couldn't believe it. Um, and I don't think it ever hit me until later that we actually were three characters that were getting to start, you know, um, a show and the half hour format. And then they brought in a lot of great young people. Um, and I loved it. But again, the challenge was to get the audience and we just couldn't get over the top. You know, it, it was a strange thing because we threw everything at everybody. I mean, from the telenovelas and the vampires to just general great storytelling. And it just couldn't get that over-the-top kind of uh, momentum. But I was really proud of what we did at the time. Really proud. I mean, we worked so hard. And the crew, same thing. All those people were amazing to work with. So no complaints. That It was awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Scotty's father and stepmother, Peter Hansen as Lee and Susan Brown as Gail were also featured on Port Charles. And sadly, both of those actors have passed away in recent years. So can you share with us what comes to mind when you think about Peter and Susan, starting with Peter?
2: Peter made Ken Schreiner behave. That's hard. <laughs> Uh, Ken, really, because he lost his parents at an early age, um, Peter was his dad on screen and off. And it was amazing to see Ken turn into a little boy because this classy, intelligent, really great actor, Peter, would just come on the set and Ken would sit up straighter and he would do funny things with Peter. And it was beautiful to watch. So their relationship was so real and it was fun to be in scenes with them just to watch them one-up each other. And um, he just was such a giving actor and his, his eyes were so warm that, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I'm not a, um, I can't manufacture or or come up. I have to just be in the moment when I'm working. I don't come up with, Oh, my dog is sick. I'm crying. I, I, so Peter would just put you in, you didn't have to do anything. He just put you in the moment. I think Ken felt the same way. And Susan, Susan is as classy as they come. And the same thing, um, she would give Ken a look like a school mom would settle down and he would snap right back into play. So they really were that parental respect. But they added a lot of gravitas and weight to our show because they had such a history on GH. They brought it to Port Charles and they were just so charming to be around and true professionals where if the script called for a long day and we were going to we were going to do it. They, they never complained. They just were beautiful people. So we, I was so lucky, so lucky to be with them.
0: Do you remember uh, or like have any specific memories of like Kelly Monaco when she was not a name in our in our world, you know, when she joined poor Charles as Libby?
2: Oh, definitely. I as soon as I saw her, I found her to be sexy and a firecracker and a raw talent. She came in. We had a lot of young people come in. And you know this. Our pace is insane. And even back then for a half hour show, trying to get all the words out she came in willing to learn she came in willing to play and I would see the little twinkle in her eye we used to, there was always a bedroom scene up, duh, up up. so we'd always have a bed out and we would lay on the bed and just talk and I found out about where she was from and her family and I realized this meant a lot to her and and she was so new but so ready to do it right and and it, it, it's so fun when you see someone that has that little bit of danger and a little bit of charisma, because you cannot, you know, we talk about it at work all the time. It's it's like a great painter. How much is technique that have been taught in school and how much is just a genetic kind of magnetism and craziness that comes to actors. And she had all of that. So playing with her was fun. And, and I, I enjoyed every scene we had together and I still do. I, I, I just love working with her hmm.
1: That's great. Um, now, outside of popping into GH for Lila's funeral in 2004, you were out of the poor Charles universe for a fair number of years, when in 2012, you got the call to come back. So what do you remember about getting that
2: call? Um, actually, I had heard a few other people had gone back and it really wasn't. I, I was so happy in my ranching, raising my boys world. I missed it. and I kept up with everybody. You know, you don't just leave. You do talk and, and phone call and chat and I catch up on what's going on. Um, and uh, several of the actors, you know, Deidre Hall came up here, and um, Jack and Christina, you know, lots of folks came to the ranch, so it wasn't like you're totally removed, but I wasn't working, and I thought, well, they're calling some people. you think they'll call me, you know, in the back of your mind, you go, hmm, and they did, and I was, and they said, three days. It's three shows, and I went, good, okay, this is good. I can wrap up, you know, do something with Lucy for three days, and I remember I was on a hike into Panga. Um, where we kept our tiny little house we've had for 40 years, just in case they call, No, we just kept it because it was nice. Yeah. But, and I was hiking on the hill and I thought, this is what I wanted to do. You know, the boys were now in high school. I, it was meant to be. And I was thrilled, but at the same time, you know, you're nervous. I thought, oh my gosh, do you still have some to give the audience that they'll like about Lucy? its It's a very intimidating thought after being gone. It's very weird, but so far, so good. But <laughs> <laughs> do you remember like that first
0: day back in the studio after eight years?
2: To be honest, it, it was um, hard. I was so excited. And and when I walked, w- when I drove up, but I had to get a visitor pass. It wasn't like an actor's ego going, I'm not a visitor. It was more, oh, I, this was my home and I'm coming home, but it's not your home anymore. Do you know what I mean? It was the most awkward thing emotionally because seeing the blue general hospital sign out front and then having to tell the guard who you are and then getting in the building, I realized, you know, you got to earn your stripes again, but also I was kind of let down in a way. Um, like what did I had given up? There was a give and take in my brain about, I wouldn't have traded those years with my boys for anything, but I missed it. And and that hit me really hard as I, as I got there. So, you know, you, you say, well, you gave up something to get something better for your family. But I did, I realized I had really missed it. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, could you ever have imagined at that time um, that it was actually going to be a return that kept on going and we'd be talking in 2023 while Lucy is in the thick of a huge story?
2: No, no because, you know, truthfully, um, I think Frank and Ron came in with great ideas. And they really wanted to create something old and new, and Lucy was part of the past. And so I just knew I was given a great honor to get to come back. And I, I wasn't expecting to be part of the canvas per se. I just was expecting to do the guest part. Um, so no, I, talking now, you know, someone will say, "Well, you know, you've been there ten years." What? No way! Because it's also, you know, for the audience too. When you're not um, in the main stories, time goes by really weird in my mind too. So a year goes by and and I thought, oh my gosh, I really have been there 10 years, 10 of those. And it it doesn't seem like it at all. It's just not real. And I'm so appreciative because what a ride it's been already again.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Lucy had been like pretty darn single for a very long time after things had gone terribly wrong with Kevin, with Scotty, with Duke. Not meant to be. Um, They'd all failed to work out. And then Michael E. Knight comes out of nowhere to play Martin. So I want to know if you had met Michael before over the years, because he's part of the same ABC daytime family. You worked on different coasts, but there's Super Soap Weekend. There's the daytime Emmys.
2: All the above. The daytime Emmys, um, when they were in New York, we always saw... I mean, the New York people, I was fascinated with how they worked. You know, you want to know what their routines are. So I'd see... Michael and then super soap all that we just circled each other and I just remember Tad being such an interesting character and I always thought you know I think he works like I do because you can't predict what's going to come out of his mouth and I had watched a couple of times and went I don't think the actor opposite him really knows what he's going to say next and I have that problem I'm sure with other actors when I have no idea what Lynn's going to do and so I thought kindred soul but it wasn't manifested in anything. And then when Frank said, you know, we might throw you guys a few scenes," I went, oh my goodness, this is good. And he is there to play. And once you see that twinkle in his eye, I was done. I was done. I thought, and and it's frustrating, again, because I get just as caught up. I invest in all the stories, just like the viewers. I am a viewer, just like they are. When I see a hot couple on our show, I watch the scenes on my monitor in my room. So I wanted us to be that. And we've, we've kind of had fits and starts. So I'm hoping that after we've gotten through the WSB and all of the nurses' ball, That we can start again because there's just something magical when you get to play with someone you admire and respect like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I think the audience would definitely agree. They gave a big thumbs up to Lucy and Martin pretty much from the get go. So, outside of the fact that you're both gorgeous, fabulous humans, what do you think their appeal is to viewers?
2: I think part of it is the unpredictability. Um, And they bring all their baggage (laughs) with them. So, you kind of wear, I know Lucy wears her heart kind of out for everyone to see and he does the same they've created these xys and then he has all the tad fans that just love his um his twinkle and his kind of um in your face sort of attitude and he's very sexy and I think what we bring is that um magnets that repel and then you flip them and then they stick together and so mm-hmm. we're just it, it's almost like we're on this precipice of potential and that's what I'm I'm hoping because we see in each other kindred spirits that have maybe a deeper, as we've aged, a deeper connection. And maybe they're seeking like minds, but to have something more permanent. So I'm hoping we go down that road. And that head of
1: hair isn't too
2: bad either. Oh, oh my please. gosh. And I got to touch his hair. Come on. I mean, <laughs> I mean,
0: he is genetically blessed. I will yes. say that. Yes.
2: So blessed.
0: <laughs> How much trouble would you get in if I forced you to answer the question who has better hair, Michael or e. Ken Schreiner? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs>
2: you know, I, can't, I can't answer that because um, you know you can go the traditional or the kinky route. And <laughs> guess who has traditional gorgeous and kinky gorgeous? You know the two. And the K starts the K in his name. So. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you know, Scotty and Lisa are a little bit on the rocks at the moment. And obviously Lucy has a lot of drama to deal with. But in this imaginary scenario where Lucy and Martin double date with <laughs> Scotty and Obrecht, who do you think is going to pick up the
2: tap? Oh, gosh, that is such a good question. So. so- Scotty likes to think he's a high roller and he loves to get his money clip out and lick the fingers and deal out the money. He never actually pays for anything. He <laughs> licks. And then, of course, our poor Martin does have some financial woes with his ex-wife. All that alimony. The alimony he's paying and also the lawyer skills. I'm not sure, you know, has he ever gotten paid? I'm not really sure. <laughs> and Rick just on principle, because she thinks she's very mightier than Lucy for sure. And she does have many college degrees that Lucy will never have. I'm afraid Lucy would feel the need to pick it up just to say I did. And just to say that, look at you three losers, I win. (laughs) As well,
1: she should, she does win. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, speaking of Lucy's wins, between deception success and her love life going swimmingly, things were pretty good in Lucyville until Victor Cassadine came along. <laughs> now, your husband had worked with Charles Shaughnessy on days where he played Roman's brother-in-law and fellow ISA agent Shane Donovan. Do you have any memories of Charlie from back in the day when he was working with Wayne?
2: I was intimidated by him because I thought he was such this British gentleman. You know, I just thought he was so amazingly suave shall we say very (laughs) and and his wife was very charming and so I would see him just occasionally over the day set and just chat about I was trying to be very intelligent Uh, who knows what I said Uh, probably not anything interesting but I, I was trying but then Wayne would come home and say Charlie couldn't get his lines out because I made him laugh and Al Rabin the producer at the time said cut move on we'll come back to your scenes you guys are not serious And they literally would move to the next set, have the boys settle down and come back. And Charlie, when one of that, the first couple of weeks he was on the show, he said, do you know how much trouble your husband got me in? I said, "What?" I said, oh, I forgot about that. They could make each other laugh like nobody's business. They had the same dry humor. And I just picture them like little boys. They were little boys and they got in trouble all the time. (laughs) Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery
0: It's so precious. So tell us what it has been like for you to work with Mr. Charles Shaughnessy.
2: Well, you know, I love it because it started with Anna, though. So it started with Finola because the premise of I need to help them and she was actually going to trust Lucy to be of any good. It's hilarious right there in itself. I mean, come on, look at what it's become a mess. But working with him, the same twinkle uh, that I would see in my husband's eye who loved, you know, doing days, is there. And he... When we realized we got to flirt, but do the humor at the same time, because they gave him some funny pickle lines. We had, I mean, this is not just Len and Charlie going off on a tangent. They wrote us some pretty suggestive, funny lines. And once we realized they were really going to let us run with it, I loved working with them. And see that, and that is the problem. And, and there is, um, I think the viewers have a valid point. You have the danger of the WSB and spies and really life and death. And then you balance with the hijinks and the comedy. And it is a fine line. And I get sometimes why they go, well, wait a minute. This is, you know, am I supposed to believe they're really in danger? But, you know, Charlie's looking at her dress, shall we say. (laughs) You know, so that was we tried to make it dangerous, but still very light. And also in our our defense, really, I think that when soaps go so dark in these day and age, it's fun just to get to chuckle out loud. And so sometimes it may not be realistic, which I completely understand. But just to give them that chuckle and that response, Charlie and I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I think that Lucy teaming up with a more than somewhat reluctant Anna and Valentine to take down Victor was a really fun twist. And you and James Patrick Stewart and Fanola Hughes have spun some serious comedy gold out of the situation as well. But it feels like you managed to pack the scenes with a lot of fun bits. So take us inside what it's like to collaborate with them.
2: Well, what I love is Fanola and I have a past way back. And even when Lucy came on um, as the librarian, we circled each other, too. So the the mutual admiration of it's just so easy when you step into scenes, knowing that person is going to be everything you want them to be. She brings it every scene. So it makes it so easy. So then I would say, okay, OK, I'm going to I have this like bracelet that Victor gave me. And I want you to admire it. Do you mind really overdoing it? She goes, I love it. I said, OK, because way back, even when Fanola and I had first scenes when I came back, um, she had gotten her hair trimmed or something. And in the scene during tape, I said, oh, I love your hair. She goes, oh, thank you. And she's this big policewoman back then, you know. And so we started just building on that they're girls and they're girls together that are strong women. And that, yes, she's a spy. And Lucy, who knows what she really is. But she's something wrong. <laughs> so, So that, that sense of play is the same. You know, she goes, OK, I'm going to grab your arm. But um, you can act like it hurts. I said, OK. So, so you know, we just, it, it's, it's, it's like we want the audience to go with us. You just want them to go. These people enjoy each other. They're professionals. But they're telling the story that they want to tell that we want the audience to enjoy. And she just does it. And the sarcasm and the snick, you know, and we don't mind looking like each other's straight man or being the victim of a joke. You can't bring an ego to it. You have to be goofy sometimes and just say, well, that Lucy looks like an idiot. And Fanola would let Anna be kind of, oh, no, what have I got myself into? So that's the having enough confidence, I think, you know, in each other to do that, to look like fools sometimes. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and he has rounded that out nicely as just the, the eye roller extraordinaire at their antics.
2: <laughs> Yeah, and it's so great because he is, um, he brings that weight of seriousness, but you can tell he's still charmed way back, you know, like a little bit. He he doesn't he doesn't quite understand what Fanola uh, Anna sees in Lucy, but that's okay. He loves Anna anyway. <laughs>
0: Oh, I know a question I have when Lucy came out from the other room of the safe house and says, I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but I heard the song and it was lovely when Valentine sang to Anna, did you actually hear the song?
2: Yes. And I, I, Lucy was eavesdropping because (laughs) she was waiting patiently to come get snacks. She has to have (laughs) a (laughs) snack. And then, and the song was, you know, um, I love that they added the dance because, you know, truthfully, when Frank first told me that Lucy wasn't going to be at the nurse's ball, you know, I really had a hard time with it. And, and it's not, um, you know, who am I? I I don't write the stories, but it was the history of AIDS and HIV that I take very seriously. And, you know, I, I talked to many people still about, um, what we have done just to bring attention and make it just the norm to be able to discuss it without any kind of prejudice. So when that happened, I think I had a lot of problems, um, for just Lynn, which it wasn't Lynn wanting to be up on the stage. It was just participating in such a good event that I think is, you know, daytime at its finest when you are trying to represent some real events. So I just really had a hard time with it. And then when I understand the progression of the story, um, it was fine. And, and it, it's ended up being quite fun, but I just didn't want to lose that, um, Seriousness of how special it, what it means to some of our viewers. So that that's been a struggle for me. And truthfully, I think that's why sometimes Lucy has shown so much anger and goofiness. It's partly probably Lynn too going this this is killing her. She's so frustrated. This is really there. He, there's that pup pup. Um, just killing you know her not to be there. And it's literal. It's really literally killing me and Lucy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's damned if she does, she's damned if she doesn't.
2: That's it. Thank you. No, know, I have read uh, many comments from people because I do like, I love to talk to people about our show. I, I'm not one of those that don't read or don't pay attention. And they've said, you know, really, Lucy keeps sneaking out. Why would she put them in danger? You know, this is just not great stories. But it is because it's that denial of, I can't really be putting them in danger. I'm not at the ball. So it's crazy and you get it. But if you knew what, her guts are ripped out not being there so that she's behaving badly. She's a Lucy behaving very badly.
1: Yeah. Um, well, prior to this, uh, things took a very dark turn when Victor forced Holly to pose as Anna and shoot her. So how did you find out that Lucy was going to end up presumed dead?
2: It was actually a little shocking because Frank said, we're going to shoot you next week. And I said, what? You're going to shoot? Okay. What? You know?" And he didn't give any more details. And he just kind of looked at me and he goes, well, you don't die, but you're shot. <laughs> And, and I love stunts. So getting to fall in the river and do the stunts um, was awesome. But at the same time, I realized, wait a minute, if Victor has me, I'm going to be off the canvas for a while. And as any actor tells you, being off the canvas is not fun because you do gather momentum. So when they shot me and I thought I was looking very nice in that black suit, why would you shoot me and put me in the river? The suit's looking good, you know? And there I was, and then off for a couple months. So, part of the same thing, it's so intermingled with your life that I didn't want to miss out on all the fun with Paul. I love Emma. You know, there was so much story to be told, but thusly, Lucy was off the canvas again. So, it was kind of a mixed bag. I love driving story, but you'd rather be there driving it than laying in some dungeon. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right. Well, when Lucy was taken, uh, rescued from France and taken to the safe house, so many legends of the show have been kind enough to stop by. Uh, Jeannie Francis is Laura, Christina Wagner is Felicia, who is, of course, Lucy's dear, dear BFF. Um, you know, what does it mean to you that with Christina back on contract and in the storyline, you've really gotten to work so much more with Christina?
2: It's, it's amazing um, the shorthand that happens when you've known someone so long and uh, the same with Jeannie you know you just it, it's it's so comforting and fun to have your friends and they're not people maybe you see every day but when you're in the trenches there you know you put it a million times you do form a very strange family and our family is very strange but we really like each other <laughs> and seeing their faces and it again it's shorthand I don't you know I know that Laura um, just gets a kick out of Lucy and it's so easy to play the scenes with her. Cause I can see in her eyes, like, Oh brother, what did she just say? <laughs> and You know, I love my friend, but she's really, really wacky, you, you know? So it's just a given as soon as they, they step in and it's the same. I get what the audience sees, you know, the stories might not be what they love every time they may not love what our characters are doing, but they know us and, and they, they wish the best for us most of the time, and we are comforting to them. And that's what Jeannie and Christina do for me, just as an actress, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Now why And and by the way for me too I love seeing the three of them together Um, Now Lynn and Lucy Might not have been happy about Not attending the nurses ball But it did bring Lucy and Maxie scenes To the fore and they have been such a hoot So tell us about working with Kirsten Storms Another actor on the show with some real comic
2: chops He really does have comic chops And what's um, Canola and I were talking about this the other day too It's just as hard to be the straight man and you know, not crack up. I mean, we do crack up, but but she has the ability to do the eye roll and the eyebrow raise and be the straight man. And then it's funny. So she gets it. And so I know whatever I bounce off of her, I can see in her eyes going, I'm gonna react like this because this is ridiculous. And it's so <laughs> cute. She's so charming. And I love working with her because I know whatever I throw her, she listens and she always reacts the best. And that's the other part is I think I'm being funny and then I see how she reacts and then I want to crack up. So we feed off of each other. I love working with her. It's just such a joy. And they're so different, but they work.
1: I will, I will say the feeling is mutual. I also spoke to her for the 60th anniversary special and she talked so much about you and how much she loves working with you and just getting to know you better, even behind the scenes, like while you spend time together.
2: It is. We've just enjoyed the heck out of each other. And and that's another thing. If I met her on the street, would she want to, you know, who's that lady, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but being together as Maxie and Lucy have just, we formed this very fun, fulfilling friendship. Love
0: it. Uh-oh, I might cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, all right, when you found out that Lucy was going to echo her legendary librarian look as part of her disguise to sneak into the Metro Court in order to make sure she got her way where the nurses ball planning was concerned, what went through your head?
2: Uh, <laughs> a zillion things, because that librarian guys really did give me my life, you know, and I, I've said that before. Daytime between Wayne being lucky enough to play Roman Brady and then me getting to play Lucy Coe, what a life we've made together. You know, it, I, I, I really am the luckiest person because things that we didn't know we could do or accomplish or people we could help or family, you know, whatever, you, these daytime jobs have given us that. So to reflect back on my beginning, I was so excited. I, and, I, I, then I, and I knew the audience would go, who is that? they know it was me, but, but the people that are new wouldn't know why, but the response was so huge. People got it. Or they asked somebody, their grandma or their mom or their dad and said, why, why is she like that? And they, it was like across the board, they got, why is Len being the librarian? And then we had more fun. Sean Reeves, our wardrobe guy, he's the best. Cause he'll go, what do you want, Ren? Well, Sean, I've got to have this high up neck blouse because, you know, and, and he'd go, Oh, my God. OK, go through everything. So I, he, he wheeled out all the dowdy skirts, all the tights, all these old blouses. And I go, what do you think? Oh, boy. And he was so patient because I had to find something that wasn't figure showing was drab color. We could never match exactly the way she was. And we added the glasses, even though Lucy back then did not, because obviously I'm showing up at the Metro Court. And <laughs> I mean, it's such a stretch anyway. But that wasn't the point. We were trying to honor the history of the show. And we wouldn't have done it if it hadn't been the 60th, you know, but this was just winking at the audience and going, do you remember when? And they did. And I I was so happy. And then the funniest is they sent me tapes. You know, the audience would send the tapes of before. And I looked at the mannerisms. And then when I came out of the elevator, I hadn't seen them before. I saw the air show and I did the same mannerism with the little collar. And I went, oh, my God, I'm haunted. This is weird. <laughs> Uh, the librarian is back so it was an honor I was beyond thrilled just beyond and the writers were so kind to put that in they they deserve so many kudos it just made my whole month it was amazing
1: well what was it like when you first looked in the mirror and saw Lucy the librarian (laughs) 2.0
2: well I was hoping that it looked similar because we just didn't you know I said don't put any makeup on me and they said you don't even want some what you got to put something on I said no They would powder my face and I would go and I want to do the same thing. So I thought, you know, I, I don't know. I knew it didn't match exactly because I mean, time's gone by, but it just was so, um, rewarding to try that again. It was just it was the best. That will be a memory forever, forever. As yeah, it
0: was very very precious. So did you get any strange looks uh on the set that day from people who maybe hadn't read your scenes and were wondering where Lucy and her full glam was?
2: Yeah, and the best was one of the stage managers I said hi to. I won't name names because we have a couple. He wasn't very friendly because he thought I was just somebody coming in to walk through the scene. He just goes, "Oh, hey, and I walked by him and then I turned around I said, it's me. And he, died. he did not know it was me. And I was so happy. They're so busy anyway in his defense. You know, of course they, they're not paying that much attention, but he didn't. And then one of the camera gals, the same thing. I walked on the set and in her mind, she said, oh, is this another new character? What You know, and it, it just didn't register. And I thought, yeah. Even though everybody at home will go, oh, of course, Victor would see it's Lucy. But for that suspended moment, you know, we won. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, these are two people who know you well. Who didn't? So yeah, that's actually exactly. mission accomplished. Um, another scene we want to ask about is when Lucy was watching the red carpet coverage with her bowl of popcorn, fuming because she was finding out about a potential issue with the magic wands. So, when you shot that, were you looking at a blank TV screen, or were you looking at something?
2: It's just a blank TV screen. They just stick, and sometimes it's just a box. You know, they <laughs> whatever. But it was so easy to to know. That everything's going on without her, you know, it just—it's just so hard to believe that that was going on. And each detail, you know, from the years past, Lucy got involved like the magic wand. Not having the right guys would have killed her. And so that became, you know, someone—it might have been Ken or someone—said, "What is the big deal? It's one act." And I thought, "No, it's the magic wand. It's not just an act. What is wrong with you?" So Len takes on that craziness too, but. <laughs> It was also hard because the three cameras are right on you and and you know you can hear them kind of chuckle sometimes like under their breath when you're doing something and that's it's so hard sometimes to stay in the moment but I really was angry about not being there with the wand
0: <laughs> understandably well if you haven't had the chance to watch today's gh you might want to skip ahead a bit. But for those who have and saw Lucy crushing the ball, what was that like to film?
2: It was so interesting because what I loved was they also respected history because of Bobby and um, Bobby and Lucy, you know, since the uh, Tony Jones days, I mean, they bonded over uh, BJ's heart. Many, many things have gone on, of course, in all these years. But there still is that competition because I think Bobby sees in Lucy the version of wanting to be inclusive, Bobby has now become a very well-respected member of the community and a nurse and Lucy hasn't even gotten close to any of that. She's not any of the above. So they incorporated that um, in. And so when they told me that you at first um, are going to have some something with Bobby, I thought, oh, this will be interesting, but a cat fight, you know, we've done that. And so then it got to be the prop guy is the one who told me. He came up and goes, Len, you're going to love what we did. We made this great big picture of you. And it's gorgeous. And we did really good. And the paper is not that hard to break through. And I went, what? I had no idea. And he goes, yeah, we made two copies. So you only have to do it twice because you can't. That's all we got. I said, OK. And I had no idea what he was talking about. So then I'm thinking paper and my picture. So finally, you know, Frank comes over and goes, guess. What? I said, What? He said, You're gonna crash through your own picture at the ball. I went, Oh boy. I thought, This, I said, Why? Why would I do that? And he goes, Because Bobby's saying mean things about Lucy. Okay. So then I get the script and I realize she spends a page really going off on all my bad past. And the beauty of it was it kind of builds. And they have me walking and hearing what she's saying. I'm supposed to be saving Anna and Valentine. And what? Lucy's distracted? Yes, she is. So instead of saving them, She now decides she's going to go yell at Bobby up on the stage. So the premise is hilariously bad, but hilariously good, meaning it's theatricality. And I know the audience went, uh, I don't know if this would really happen, but it really did. (laughs) So she gets distracted and goes and trips and literally falls through her own picture. And she would like to kill Bobby, but then everybody's clapping. And all of a sudden that adulation, they really are clapping for me. Can't kill Bobby now. Let's back up and sop it up. Enjoy this applause. But the stunt was so much fun because Tim, our amazing stunt guy, set it up so I could trip. You see my foot trip? And then they said, Lynn, you only get two times. You only get one and two. So pay attention. So I gave it my all. The rehearsal, I banged my head because they put a board so I wouldn't break the paper. And that was the worst of it. I still have a little, you know, and I thought I'm doing this right if I banged my head. And then (laughs) once, and what was so much fun is as you burst through and you look up, the real shock on all the cast sitting in the chairs was huge. They had no idea what's coming. No one really told them, and it. I I was so proud. And the main thing is, if you make the stunt guy happy, then you're proud all day. So Tim was happy. Frank just said, "Are you okay?" (laughs) It was so so fun. And again, you're taking the audience on a ride. Some of them are going to go. Oh, my God, that's how Lucy gets to the ball. But at the same time, why not? You know, why not that Bobby and her past and all catches up to her and all her frustration and she trips to her own picture? I mean, the irony is pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. It's perfect.
1: Um, now though there are very lighthearted moments on a sad note, the Nurses Ball this year was not only missing your presence, but was missing the presence of the late Sonia Eddie, whose epiphany had been such a standout performer at the balls in recent years. So what stands out to you when you think about Sonia?
2: Uh, another incongruent friendship that you would never know how much we meant to each other. And that's why um because Lucy was in the safe house and not I didn't get to go to the memorial the show had, obviously the character. So I didn't get to agree with uh, other castmates. And then the dedication they do at the nurses ball, I wanted to be there so badly because she was the nurses ball effort for me. Once she came on and did her numbers, she put her heart into it. And she was as passionate, you know, about the meaning of it too, not just as actors, but the meaning of it. Um, And we had some big laughs, big laughs uh, at my dresses, about her shoes. We would lean on each other. Cause can you stand up one minute longer, Sonia? No, I can't either. And we would hold on to each other. It just it's just one of those friendships that you don't get and you miss. And my biggest regret is she loved animals as I do. And um she kept wanting to come to the ranch and it didn't work out the summer before and then COVID came. And so this summer was our plan. And so it's it it's really hard because she wanted to see the horses and the cows and how we live up here. And I just wanted her to come stay and just hang out with me. And so it's, 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 it's been a really sad time for all of us. Um, because she, she really was a magical person. You just don't, you don't get a Sonia in your life like that. So we, we were lucky to have her.
0: I'm just, I'm, I,
1: I was like, Mara's going to need a minute. Yeah. Mara's going to need a minute is right.
2: Oh my goodness. Okay.
0: Well, I'm certainly going to cross my fingers that in 2024, we see you back as MC of the Nurses yes. Ball, right where you belong. Um, but before we let you go, you know, is there anything that you would want to say if we gave you the floor to speak directly to the GH audience who are listening, who have been so passionate about and devoted to the show for 60 years and have so much affection and deep fondness for you and for Lucy?
2: Now, see, that's not fair because then you'll make me cry too so thanks a lot you guys you're too good at what you do um you are you know and that's and that's one thing I think listeners have to know is that you guys bring out the best in us too and you're so supportive um before I say something to the viewers I just have to tell you guys when I have conversations with you and you're so professional and kind and so smart it validates what we do you know and um because you're so good at what you do then you feel like we're a team too and that you get our ideas and the good the bad the ugly about what we do out it just means so much and so i hope you know you know you don't get to hear it all the time because your faces aren't stuck on the tv like ours but it means so much that you support us like you do and you're also so forgiving um with all our foibles you know and and that's actors aren't always the easiest to like sometimes and you guys make us feel very likable and, and appreciate it so thank you for that that it it really means a lot okay That's
0: so
1: sweet. Lynn, thank you so much it means so much to us to hear that and absolutely you have made it very
0: easy trust and believe <laughs> yeah you're the last person I texted before my phone was run over by the <laughs> freaking car <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: It's just, I, I just don't think you guys get to hear enough about what you do it's a big deal so. very sweet thank but you anyway uh, the audience um just the people because i'm a people i want to be um the best i can for them you know i cannot go in i have never had a day where i didn't try and i know they have to put up with a lot our audience is so intelligent um there's such loyal fans and viewers that I feel an obligation and I hate to let them down. And I know sometimes um, they get frustrated with the stories. They get frustrated with maybe how we acted that day or what we had on, or just, I get it. Cause I'm an audience and I, I just love daytime and the appreciation I have that for all these years that I've been doing it, they didn't give up. A lot of people didn't give up on us and our, our viewers are still so amazingly receptive. To even our bad stories and our crazy things, and they and and I take the criticism well because we're not going to give you 52 weeks a year of sterling stories, but that they hung in with us, you know. That's like your grandma having to like you. You know, she might not like you, but they they still appreciate us and um, put up with some really interesting stories, and then the wonderful ones they're along the ride with. And and again, my life as a happy successful, productive person and a person who gets to give to charities and gets to be a spokesperson for the environment. All that's because of our viewers, everything. That's what they have to understand that even if they don't like what we're doing, the gift they're giving us by sticking with us is all we could ask that they're hanging in there um, because we're on the same team.
1: Well, Lynn, this has just been so delightful. And just to catch up with you has been great, but also for you to share all of your amazing memories of General Hospital, the Nurses Ball, and we're so excited you're on on camera and we hope to see you a lot more.
2: Thank you. You guys mean the world to me and just like our viewers. And I just feel like we're all in this together. And here's to a lot more enjoyable and entertaining times together
1: we feel the same way here here have a great day we'll talk to you soon i hope so thank you thank you so much for joining us thank you to lynn herring for being our guest if you like this podcast please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back again for another podcast